Welcome back to the Perpetual Wealth Podcast, a show for clients of Paradigm Life. This season, we're empowering you to take control of your financial future using the core principles of the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. Now, before we dive in, a quick but essential disclaimer. While this podcast is primarily for our valued clients at Paradigm Life, it's open to anyone interested in enhancing their financial knowledge. However, please remember that our information should not be taken as a direct tax, legal, or financial advice. We strongly recommend consulting with a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life or your financial team before making any decisions based on our discussions. Today, we continue our journey into cash flow, protection, and wealth building, the foundational principles of the perpetual wealth strategy. Let's dive in and explore how to optimize your wealth and achieve financial independence. Your journey continues now. Hey everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Thank you for joining us for a three-part podcast series on real estate called Real Estate Revealed property, possibilities, and profit. And I am joined by a really special guest, dear friend, and also a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life, Mr. Gary Pinkerton. Gary, thanks uh, for joining me. Absolutely, Patrick. It is always an honor. Uh, I, I enjoy our conversations. I love uh, getting into home office Paradigm Life here, and uh, this is my favorite topic. It's what brought us together over 10 years ago, right? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's like our, our paths crossed because you had... Uh, some interest in real estate at a certain point toward mm -hmm. the end of your military career and just consumed literally everything on whether it's podcasts or books. And ultimately, uh, we had some advertising on uh, a real estate investment podcast and we connected and went on a, a summit together, had a great time, probably well over a decade ago. And the rest is history. The rest has been a really cool history, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So when you first said that, I thought you said I had some interesting real estate. And I'm like, no, nah, I didn't have any real estate. I had interest in real estate. Yeah. yeah. And so this journey has been amazing over the last 12 years. Uh, it has done exactly what I wanted it to do. All of the things we're going to talk about in this uh, podcast series. And, you know, it is, it is fundamental for me. It is what has really um, caused me to be able to achieve agency in my own life and um, give my family the, the dreams and the financial capability to go do what we want to do. All of it came from real estate. It's not magic. Um, it's a lot of hard work and understanding everything. But, you know, this was the start for me. So it's, there's a lot of uh, passion and love for this topic. So the purpose, I would say, of this, of this series, right, as we said, listen, we, we need to provide some education because yeah. we, we have a certain philosophy and perspective on real estate that uh, most people uh, mm -hmm. don't have. And that's what we've come to find out over the course of time working with, uh, working with clients. And so we decided to you know, spend episode one on really just talking about the fundamentals of real estate and property in general. And then episode two, we're going to get into a person's person, uh, personal residence, yeah. right? which I feel is applicable to all clients and all walks of life and looking at the philosophy and the perspective people take when it comes to owning a home or renting a home or down payment or this mortgage. There's so many different varying opinions, right? So we're going to provide some context as well as our principles, our experience over the years and our insights in the best way to essentially own your own home or rent, whatever the case may be. And uh, the final uh, episode is going to be on real estate investment, right? And this is really where we cross, pa uh, cross paths 
but it's a, it's an area where, you know, I would say there's so much intrigue. People see huge gains in real estate, a lot of opportunity, a lot of possibility at the same time. You know, I've been, you know, through uh, two cycles now, as far as real estate is concerned. Uh, and just as much as there are those, I would say upsides and uh, possibilities and opportunities, there's a lot of downsides too. And so we're going to kind of provide some high level context and perspective and education on uh, real estate investment, types of real estate investment, how to get involved, how to start, uh, what to look for, what to you know, watch out for. So it's going to be a, it's going to be fun. It'll be a good series. Yeah. There's a lot of fundamentals in this, in this series. And that's really important because as with many things in life, there are a lot of buzzwords and phrases and things that people have just taken and and you know, they've taken their family's wealth and they've thrown it in a direction on kind of a, not, I wouldn't say a half truth, but definitely not all the information. And so they hear things and they just think that that's true. They take it at face value. So it's really, really important to get clear on why you're involved with real estate. And if it makes sense as an investment or even to own your own home. So let's start there, right? This episode is going to be mainly focused on just the fundamentals, the foundational principles of property or real estate. So we, as we were having discussions preparing for the podcast, we were like, listen, everything, everything is real estate. Everything mm -hmm. happens on property, even in the virtual world, right? It's happening on, you know, virtual property or virtual uh, or, you know, I would say intellectual property of, mm -hmm. uh, of sorts. So let's just get to the fundamentals. So what is property? What's the appeal? Why are people intri so intrigued and have been so intrigued with real estate for, you know, as long as there's records? Yeah, you know, just thinking one of the realizations that we came up with or that we were covering almost sounds bizarre when you first hear it. But and that is that everything happens on property. So, I, you know, well, first of all, just backing up a little bit from this. And, and you're the one who's much better at philosophy than I am. I'm so much more like practical rubber meets the road. Um, yet sometimes I venture there, and so this might be one of those moments. And that is that, like on our deathbeds, when we, you know, when you ask people what was important in life, what should you have done more of, or what are you glad you did, it's typically experiences with people, right? You hear all the time, like, don't get caught up in the material aspects of things. Spend your money and time on experiences with other people. And that goes to this whole thing about property. Like everything happens on property. And and if you think about, like, come up with any example. Where were you when? 9-11 uh, happened? Where were you when the shuttle um, Challenger blew up? Where were you when this other thing, when, if you're old enough, you know, where were you when, when uh, Kennedy was shot, right? Like, you know where you were when that happened, and that's property. Like, I was at the store doing this, or I was at my house, or I was here. Like, you know, the mind remembers things in pictures, and experiences are where we get our value, so it's going to remember the picture, and the question is, is the picture going to be, you know, you and a you know, you in your tent on the side of the road in San Francisco, or is it going to be you in your house, right? It, it all comes down to property. So th there's, a, there's a book that I read years ago called The Mystery of Capital by Hernando de Soto. He's a, has done a ton of, ton of work around property rights, uh, title strategy, especially in emerging countries. And the book is fascinating because what it does is it just shows how property is essentially an extension of people. You just mentioned that our life's experiences, mm -hmm. everything that we, you know, find joyful, find fulfilling happens on property. So it's it's safe to say that, you know, his philosophy when it comes to property is is true, right? Where property is an extension of of us. Everything happens on property. So the conclusion we can make from that is okay, demand is really high for property. Now, when there's demand for property, now you have essentially an exchange that takes place when we pay, right, to use property. Now, obviously, you have government property, and usually taxes pay for that. 
But when you're eating out at a restaurant, right, part of what you're paying for is that property, right? If you're uh, going to Disneyland, right, what you pay for, right, there's obviously a lot that you pay for when going to Disneyland, <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're paying partly for property. It could the be intellectual property. It, it yeah. could be, like, physical, literal land property. Yeah. Uh, it's going to work. It's uh, going to the movies, right? It's going on vacation. Everything is there, and you're essentially exchanging something for use of that property, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Now, looking at how this has essentially created revolutions of sorts, you know, you go back to uh, the appeal of the new world, right? So back in the old world, there was only a certain contingent of people that could own property, mm -hmm. okay? Not everybody could own property. And so I look at John Locke, you know, original kind of philosopher that was part of uh, this, I would say, freedom revolution in the, in the UK, the Enlightenment, mm -hmm. right? Adam Smith was part of that as well. Yeah. But Locke is the one that pioneered the phrase that's found in the Declaration of Independence, or at least partial, mm -hmm. partially. It was uh, a genesis for it. It was a genesis yeah. for yeah. it, right? Is uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but it was originally life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, right? right? So people, there's so much appeal, there's so much demand. People want to either own property or have more freedom of use of property and want to freely exchange for that use of property. So there's some really fundamental philosophical tenets of it that I think are fascinating to me. But what it does is it creates opportunity if you really understand that and the fact that, hey, there could be margin, profit margin, between owning property, right, and exchanging your property to somebody else for what they're willing to pay, which is their property. It could be cash, could be other, you know, property. But that margin essentially is what creates gain. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So there has to be, it has to be a win-win situation in a free world for people to exchange goods and services, right? Which is property. But right now we're focusing on real property. And so for, for real property, like real estate, then, uh, you know, for somebody to rent your place from you or for you to buy a house from somebody, or even for, like you said, for you to be able to, to have a picnic somewhere, right? Like you have to somehow have a value exchange. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be win-win in a free world. Otherwise it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like the exchange doesn't occur. Yep. Now, another amazing thing, again, going to the, the philosophical approach is people in their relationship to property. So I'll go back to Hernando de Soto, right? Capitalism, most people don't know where that word comes from, right? But his book, Mystery of Capital, uh, has a great history of where that word came from. And it comes from cattle. Okay, so cattle, like a cow, right? Uh, there are a variety of ways to use that cow, okay? But a cow is a cow. Without a human being, their ability to reason, their ability to think, their creativity, their insights, their intuitions, okay, then the cow would just be the cow. And maybe it'd be used for meat, but that's probably it. But what is a, what is a cow used for, right? There's leather, there's different types of meat, there's bones. Pretty much every part of, the, of that cattle, of that cow, is used. Now, inherently in the cow, right, it basically showed up to reality. <laughs> and then human beings essentially took that cow and found ways, right, to use it for various purposes, which essentially were valuable to others, right? And that's even just the harvesting side, right? Yeah. So there's the farming side. So there's milking it. There's having to pull a wagon if you want to. Mm -hmm. It's a pet, yep. you know, like it can be a guard. Yep. Like you can do a lot of things with another animal that's not even the harvesting side. Yep. So the point of me bringing that up is, you know, look at just land itself, right? If you go to, you know, the early pioneer days of the United States, right, or the new world, 
people were like risking their lives to go west and get property. Yeah. Right? Why? It's not because they're just gonna like hang out and like be on the property. It's like they intuitively, I guess, like realize like, hey, they can farm the land, they can extract this, they can do this, they can build a home, they can establish a life. Like there's some intuition there sure. that I think is really fascinating. But I'll take, for example, like the building that we're in right now. So um, the build, we've, we've been here since 2021. Uh, uh, it's a very unique building because this was an old industrial, really rundown section of Salt Lake City. And a group out of Denver came in and essentially bought at industrial prices, really low prices, because if you understand real estate, right, the square footage price for industrial real estate compared to like retail or office space uh, or multifamily, right, much lower. Mm -hmm. okay? So they came in and bought up like a couple dozen acres of land and essentially gutted these big industrial warehouses Okay, and started to put offices in there, did shared space, have different amenities, kind of the co-working, co-working idea. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, now they are obviously charging, you know, a multiple, like a couple thousand percent, <laughs> right? More than industrial prices, because they've improved it. So you take that human being, their creativity, their intuition, their vision, right? And then they take something that really had poor use at the time and applied their knowledge and wisdom to it to make it into incredible. It's a beautiful building. Everybody's in awe when they come here. It has brick walls. They've kept like some of the, you know, the steel beams and the cross beams, but it has glass everywhere. And there's, you know, there's still creaks and it's noisy sometimes. And, you know, but at the same time, it's a beautiful, very unique space that originated with the vision of someone who, you know, in their mind said, okay, here's something that is not being utilized at the level that it could, just a basic cow. And they turned it into all these different, you know, I would say amenities and ways to uh, ways to use it. So there's been there was parties here for the yeah. NBA All Star Game, right? There's this big theater and people do movies and concerts there, right? And then there's companies that have just a little tiny satellite office. Anyway, so it's, a, it's just a really interesting. That's an application again of like taking a human being and applying it to property, and it essentially has infinite possibilities as far as what it can become. Yeah. So the whole concept of highest and best use that you hear about with real estate all the time. That's not like a, a stable thing. It doesn't just change, um, you know, long term. So the, the town that I live in had a hurricane recently, and a lot of properties have been, um, you know, adjusted in their, their use. They've gone to kind of short-term rental or um, something that was a lot is now a staging area, you know, for somebody who's building roofs or new buildings. So it shifts over time, right? You have to be flexible with it, um, yet it's the human that causes that uh, redefinition of highest and best use to get the most out of our capital or yep. our resources. Yeah. So when it comes to, re so what we're, we're trying to say in all of this, you know, in a sense, dialogue is that we're all, we're all part of real estate in one way or the other. And so at paradigm, our expertise is the perpetual wealth strategy, right? It's finding ways to essentially optimize your uh, wealth and achieve the maximum amount of wealth with the highest degree of certainty. And in doing that, it really comes down to what you can control and what you can influence in regards to your behavior and your interaction with the different aspects of finance. In this case, it's real estate. And we firmly believe, which is why we're doing uh, this podcast, is the more you're educated, okay, the more you dedicate yourself to understanding these principles or other financial principles, the more influence you're going to have. And the more influence you have, the more control you're going to have. And the more influence and control you have, the less risk you're going to have with the decisions that you make in regards to anything financial. In this case, it's real estate. Yeah, so, you know, 
everyone interacts with real estate. We started about that at the top. And our role is to help individuals be more efficient with your resources. So that's money, that's other things that you have. When I was starting down this path, when I first met you, I had already studied uh, you know, how the wealthy have uh, acquired wealth over time globally and uh, how they held on to it. And that's about uh, getting efficient with like, you know, how much you pay in taxes, but also how can you set up your life so that you don't lose your resources during times of crisis. Um, and, and it's also, you know, fundamentally when you boiled it down, it was things like overfunded high cash value life insurance, like an efficient, um, a safe place to store cash and then owning real property. Like the wealthy people um, either got wealthy by owning real property and putting, uh, making it go through its best use and, and that value exchange, or when they made money in maybe a business or something, they stored it in that real property mm -hmm. because it has that enduring value. Yep. Now, looking at our clients, right, they, they exist in a wide spectrum of mm -hmm. experience, uh, pursuit of life, what they want to achieve, family dynamic, business dynamic, or profession dynamic. Like there's a there's a, a vast spectrum, and so looking at again uh, our advice, and especially as we're getting into education, right? It's to boil it down to principles, which would apply to all those situations, right? So mm -hmm. we're not getting into okay, here here's how to syndicate this multifamily residence complex. You know, we're we're not getting in to the, the nuances of the different types of real estate. What we're doing is getting into the basic principles uh, and ideas around real estate so that you can find opportunities regardless of where you're at in life. Because as, as we mentioned, real estate property is in, in it's insane demand because everybody uses it to experience life. So therefore, you're going to find there's lots of tax benefits and tax efficiencies when it comes to real estate. There's lots of leverage opportunities when it comes to real estate. There's lots of different uses, as we said before. I mean, I would say most everyone knows what Airbnb is now, but, you know, 10 years ago, that was just, it was an opportunity. It was a possibility, but it wasn't until someone just like said, okay, I'm going to start a business around this. And now there's a more efficient use of second homes, third homes, even primary homes. I mean, especially in the last, I would say, year or so, people have had some challenges financially. There's been lots of layoffs. Obviously, yeah. through COVID, there was challenges as well, right? And so being able to rent out your basement or rent out an apartment in your garage, I mean, there's a lot of efficiencies that have been created just because, you know, obviously, real estate is supported by a lot of demand. Uh, but I would say, you know, additionally, uh, from a leverage standpoint, from a lending standpoint, we're going to get into this when it comes to investment property, right? But looking at the availability of capital to be able to get into a you know, really big home with a, there's a lot of money attached to it, but be able to get into it in an efficient way uh, through the use of mortgages right, is another opportunity. So what I'm trying yeah. to say is with real property, with real estate, okay, it's going to apply in multiple ways, just depending on your set of circumstances. So the idea of the perpetual wealth strategy is to help you be educated and find opportunities to be more efficient in the way in which you interact with real estate. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely yeah. it does. And just like the property changes in its uh, highest and best use, we change. And so this isn't just about finding that one solution today and then sticking with it forever. As your wealth goes up, as you age, your desire to how, you, how you're going to interact with real property is going to change. Yet it all boils back, I think, when you pull back and look at it from a high level. The reason this is an important topic, you know, we're not going to have a three-part series on automobiles, I don't think, right? I mean, real estate is important. But the primary reason is because it's not, some, you know, it's it's something that we, has universal need, and it's something that we're always going to need. Like artificial intelligence is incredible, 
right? And I'm sure five years from now, what I call artificial intelligence today is going to not even be recognizable. Mm -hmm. Yet I don't think it's coming anytime soon where you're going to be able to have it just create a house to surround you wherever you are at that moment, mm -hmm. right? So you're going to still need real property. Yep. And that's, I just think that's the, the world we live in, right? And even though there's been tremendous innovation, which is a great, which is a great point, uh, I think that's going to help us be more efficient with yeah. time, yeah. more efficient with our creativity, right? Because I think sometimes, like, if you really look at the, uh, the nature of business, there are a lot of roles that could be replaced by AI, by technology. And I think that they should not to put people out of work, but to help people be in an environment where they can up level their game, up level their creativity, up level their education, go and find other ways to produce value instead of just stick in this, you know, habitual pattern of providing value in a certain way that may no longer be uh, applicable. It's going to be yeah. obsolete. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a huge investment for every person, whether it's primary residence or investment. Uh, and it's a long term one because it's, you know, typically it's kind of illiquid. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to make the wrong uh, decision because you make the wrong decision. It could set you back a decade plus. Right. So I think it's a very important topic. I think we probably made that point. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, just to summarize before we uh, conclude this first episode. Right. The, the idea of property property is fascinating to me. Uh, I, I love, I'm really curious just about uh, a, a human's capacity to obtain knowledge and apply that knowledge. Uh, I feel that I feel insanely blessed. And uh, I mean, I don't know if I did anything for it, but the idea that I get to live in a world where innovation is happening so quickly that human beings are able to be so creative when it comes to like graphic design, creative when it comes to entertainment. Look at all the movies that exist, all the TV shows that exist, all the different technologies, the games. It's fascinating to see what a human being is capable of. So what we're trying to say is like all of this is happening on property, okay? And property is going to be relevant regardless of how we uh, innovate, unless we, you know, get transported to Mars on, you know, Elon Musk's rocket ship, but then it's just going to be more property. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And, and ownership of property is obviously the fundamental thing for capitalism and, and our country and freedom. Yep. You know, like a World Economic Forum recently said that you, you know, by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. And it is my premise. And I would I think Patrick would agree with me. That's not possible. You can't own nothing and be happy. It's just fundamentally those are opposites. And yep. so it's important to understand how to do this for your family and your future and everything that you're, you're excited about your vision. Yep. So we're going to get into a really cool topic on the next episode, which is essentially where you lay your head, whether it's renting, owning, living in an RV, living in your car, living in a tent somewhere. I mean, whatever, whatever fancies you, whatever is appealing to you, okay, this is a, is a really important part of our life. And I think it makes a really big difference as far as how you go about determining where you live, why you live there, uh, how to purchase a home, best way to do it, best way not to do it, et cetera. So we'll get into that. I'm excited for it. And then episode three, don't forget, it's going to be on real estate investment. All right, everyone, thank you for joining us for this first episode of this three-part series. And we'll see you on the next episode.